Hello everyone, welcome back to the Mike Armstrong podcast show and uh, this morning I'm joined by a returning guest, a friend of mine, Ken Mack, who is a business acquisition specialist and coach, uh, mentor, all that sort of thing. And we're just going to have a little chat about uh, about that side of things and uh, and anything else that we, uh, we we fancy talking about really. How are you doing today, Ken? You okay? I'm good, Mike. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me back on the show. It's nice to see you again. Yeah, it's always good to catch up with you, Ken. So um, the last time um, you were on, we were talking about uh, the fact that you were just sort of pivoting from doing the acquisitions. And, and obviously, I know you're still doing that, but pivoting a bit more to, to coaching and mentoring and educating other people how to do business acquisitions uh, globally. And so how has that uh, been going for you since we last spoke? Yeah, um, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of hard work as well because I'm doing everything myself. Um, it's, it's a lot of work and having the time to work on my own acquisitions this year has been almost non-existent because um, it's my name against it. Uh, you know, I, I want to, of course, uh, do everything I can to, uh, um, to support the mentees and their success. Uh, so with that being said, um, I've, uh, you know, on acquisitions for myself, this year has been very slow. Uh, I've had a lot of success this year with the mentees. Um, I started uh, to do the boot camp um, and come away from doing the private mentoring because it was taking so much energy. It was great fun. It's been, it's been great to build the network um, and uh, you know to meet uh, you know like-minded people. So I introduced the boot camp uh, back in April. It's been it's been great. So instead of having somebody ment- been mentored privately a one-on-one, I've got ten in the group. Um, the group mentoring that I've, uh, I call it the business buying boot camp. So the 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 boot camp that I've got running just now, which ends next month, um, to give you an idea, um, you know, and, and anybody can really do this. It's uh, it's very straightforward methodology. I had uh, two of the mentees with deals within the first three or four weeks uh, of starting the boot camp. So we've got two deals in closing now. Um, one, uh, if, you, if you'd like me to speak about them, I can share some information uh, on the, yeah, on the on. two deals because it'd be very interesting for your uh, your viewers to hear this because, you know, th- this is something that anybody can do without going on boot camps, without mentoring, of course, it's going to help you um, accelerate your chances uh, of, of this happening. But one of the guys, they brought a print manufacturing company to the table and it's based in the UK and uh, I don't have a lot of uh, um, deal experience in the UK, so it was very exciting to uh, to be working here in the UK uh, on a deal. It's a six six million uh, pound turnover company. It's a growth potential of two million. Um, the guy, the two guys, the main shareholders for the company. It's a very well known uh, printing company. Uh, it was a management buyout, so they were employees of the company. They got together and bought the company out. So it's called a management management buyout. So when I joined the meeting uh, with uh, one of the mentees last week and the sellers of the company, uh, I said to them, um, so, you know, you guys, if I, I'm going to rewind a bit. I said, have you guys got any questions at all that you'd like to ask me? And, I, uh, and they said to me, um, we're curious individuals and we'd like to know how you're going to fund the deal. And I said, okay, so you guys are familiar with uh, leverage buyouts, of course, because you had uh, uh, you conducted a, manage- a management buyout of the company. So they looked at each other and grinned and said, yeah, absolutely. I said, so what we're going to do, as you probably already know, is we're going to leverage the assets of the company because they've got machinery, which is worth hundreds of thousands. Some of the machines are worth six, 700K. Um, we're going to leverage the existing uh, um, equity in the machinery 
and we're going to use that towards paying you the down payment. Uh, we've got seller finance, and uh, we're going to, there's 300k in the bank <clears throat> and a 70k overdraft limit. So we're going to use existing cash in the bank as well and uh, lump it all together, uh, and that will be your down payment, which is around about one million. Um, so they said, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Um, we we can help uh, to facilitate that. And uh, they said, here is a phone number of uh, our contact and close brothers in the UK. Um, and uh, they, they can help uh, to, to, to finance um, and, and to, to fund the deal. So I was quite surprised to, to, to see them do that. Um, you know, they give us a mobile phone number of their, uh, you know, of a, a, a bank manager uh, or finance manager in Close Brothers, uh, who's now coming out to survey all the equipment together. Uh, and then they will, uh, there's some finance in the existing machinery. So what they're going to do is uh, they, they would uh, pay off the existing finance and then uh, take on the um, take ownership of the assets. So that was really cool to hear. I recorded the uh, the meeting, you know, not really to share it publicly, but I'll share it with you yourself and you can watch it. And I'm very happy that I came in and recorded the meeting halfway through because it just proves that this is absolutely possible. And when many people hear about buying businesses with no money down, this is exactly how it's done. So, you know, I'd like to share it with you, uh, you know, privately and uh, let you hear it. And, yeah. uh, you know, I was very excited, uh, you know, when, uh, you know, we had that conversation with them because it just proves the whole methodology. So uh, they said that we need to deal with the close. Um, it was some date in November because to do with the entrepreneur's relief. Uh, so we do have a deadline to work towards. And uh, yeah, I'll be, uh, I'm going to be getting equity in the deal myself. So I'm, uh, I'm very motivated to, uh, to, uh, to help close it. So that was one deal. Uh, we've got an ambulance company as well in Portugal, which I'm a partner on. I think I spoke about this one before. And uh, that's also in closing, very similar. Um, it's a seller finance deal. Um, we've got an overdraft and we've got receivables. But, uh, you know, for any of your viewers that don't understand what receivables are, uh, invoice factoring um, is what we're going to be using. So um, ambulance company invoices the insurance company um, uh, uh, for any supply of services rendered. And uh, usually uh, you would take your invoices, sell them to an invoice factoring company, and then they would release 90 to 95% of the value of the invoices. So uh, Santander have uh, approved an 800K facility, a uh, revolving uh, facility, which means that we can take the invoices, sell them to Santander, and then uh, they take care of the invoices. We lose 5%. Um, of the uh, of the invoices, uh, however, it allows us to collect the money in a lot quicker and then use that as a down payment to pay the seller. So it's a very nice deal. It, it turns over about 1.2 million euros. It's a small business, uh, but um, it's got a lot of potential. 30, 35 ambulances. Uh, it's got real estate worth about 250, 300k as well. Um, so another nice deal. And again, uh, that's not one of my deals. That's uh, one of my students' deals that I've been coaching um, and um, I've, I've showed them how to package the, the, these deals up and make them happen. Um, so, you know, it sounds difficult, but really, when you, when you know how to do it, it's not, it's not hard. It's, yeah. and anybody can do it and it's happening all over the world. And but especially I'm, now, yeah. um, the next 10 years, the next 10 years are going to be the most important uh, 10 years in history for acquisitions. Yeah, yeah, that's always all those baby boomers uh, are retiring. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a bit like uh, buying a house, though, isn't it? You know, buying businesses. You know, sometimes, for example, you're buying the business and it is what it needs to be. And other times it's a doer upper. 
you know, and, and sometimes they've got assets. It's a bit like people used to buy football clubs and they'd strip the assets or they'd sell off the assets of different, you know, and it's about you know, finding where the opportunities are. Like when you buy a house, is there a bit of land next door that I can get planning permission on a builder house? You know, or can I, or, you know, and, and, and sometimes when you buy these businesses, I guess in addition to, you know, just taking over the business and having the income streams, there are um, uh, possibilities in lots of these businesses of looking about, okay, where can I turn this house into a block of flats or where can I turn this business into a, a, a bigger business because it's got the asset, asset infrastructure, the people or whatever to actually take it to 20x levels or whatever because, you know, the infrastructure that I'm buying is good but the potential is even better. Yeah, it's a very good way to put it. Um, and, you know, buying a business is much like buying a house. It's got a few more mechanics involved but uh, like you say it's about you know you add value to the block of flats or you restructure it so that, that it makes more money so instead of doing a long-term let you're going to break it down into five rooms do it as an hmo or turn it into a guest house get a change of use um, and then you're going to leverage um, its potential to you know 5x or 10x it's, uh, it's it's potential so yeah it is like buying a house um, but you know if you're prepared to roll your sleeves up and get dirty then you can uh, um, you, you can potentially make a lot of money doing this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And obviously you said, um, I think you bought a, a football club in Spain, was it? Yeah, um, so we bought Royal Canterbury Football Club. Um, it was third division football club up in the north, very historical. And again, that was a leverage buyout. And like you were saying, a lot of guys were coming in in the past and uh, asset stripping companies, uh, which, by the way, is uh, you know, it's against the law to do that. And it still happens. Not just with football clubs, but uh, big companies all over the world. It's uh, um, but the, the there's a process called prepacking, prepack administration, or um, on the street we would call it whitewashing a company. But there are ways to do this uh, ethically um, as well, and then you would have uh, support from a company uh, like an insolvency practitioner that would help to transfer the assets of the company. But you get the guys that just come in and they're very hostile, and they just rip all the assets out of the company. And, uh, you know, I, I know people, I know all people that have done it, um, and it's, uh, it's, 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 it's very sad. What's his name? Um, the guy who, uh, Tim, uh, something green or whatever, you know, the one who's, yeah. uh, he, he does that quite a lot, I think, doesn't he? He goes in and asset strips companies and messes yeah. about where it moves money from out of their pensions into other places or whatever, and then they yeah. can leave them into, <laughs> leave them in bad, a, a bad uh, position, like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it happens all over the place, uh, not just in the UK, but in all countries. And that's the thing about, uh, you know, LBOs. Um, you can do it really in any country. Um, when I say any country, within reason, developing country, developed country, third world countries, I think you would have a lot of challenges. Um, but I, I'm not saying that it's not possible. Um, you know, everything's backed on debt, and, and that's how an LBO works. It's backed on debt. You're leveraging more debt, and that's how economies work. They work on debt. So, uh, and, and yeah, I would, I would say in most countries that this is absolutely possible. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But something like that, that, that Spanish football club, for example, you know, that's where big money can be made, isn't it? If you buy a, if you buy a, a, a team in a low divisions and you've got a bit of money to, or a bit of um, strategy or management, uh, you know, um, um, cleverness, if you like, and you're able yeah. to, 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 to get a bit of momentum and, and not spend that much money in some of the low divisions to get some, some effect, 
but then over time have a good business plan, a good business model, run it like yeah. a, a proper organization rather than a sports club, like some of the competition mm. you, you, you're facing against. And all of a sudden you can get yourself into higher leagues where all of a sudden the value of your business is, has, has gone up quite, quite considerably. That's it. You know, one of the things I found as well is the, uh, the guys that are kicking the ball and they don't have any business sense. So when I came in, I said, you know, guys, I don't, I don't like football, but I'm here for the numbers. I don't really understand football, but understand business. But they were, uh, they were the opposite. You know, we understand football, but we don't understand the business. And at the end of the day, a lot of people don't understand that it is a business. Uh, and like you say, you've got, you, you can pull the club into the second division, you can buy, sell players, you can loan players. There's a lot of different ways to make money in football. Uh, sponsorships, getting money from uh, you know, FIFA, La Liga. Um, so there's so, much, so many different ways uh, of making money in football. Would I go back into that industry? Not really, because I'm not passionate in any way about football. Uh, I was in there for the, for the business side of things. Uh, but I'd like to try something different. But I would say that, you know, I enjoy manufacturing, uh, but healthcare is another sector. But also now with the current situation in the world, uh, I'm looking at, uh, I call it the current situation, but it's a very con controversial topic now. Um, so, you know, I'm looking at essential infrastructure um, now um, and, you know, services that are going to be resilient to, uh, to a crisis. Yeah. Okay. Uh, obviously, with you doing some manufacturing, have some manufacturing businesses, etc. Have any of those pivoted to uh, PPE and, and all of that during this time? Um, you, you say the like the stimulus packages with the with the government. Yeah. Uh, we, we have we haven't used any of the stimulus pa packages. Um, you know, touch wood. We're going to probably just stay away from that just now. Uh, but I know there are a lot of uh, you know uh, great incentives out there from the government. You know, PPP packages and. You've got all the uh, crisis loans here in the UK, um, but uh, no, we have, we, we've kept away from that for the time okay. being. Okay. And how was um, doing uh, a deal in the UK? Did, was it comparable with the rest of the world or was it more things you had to, more, more regulation or hoops you had to jump through, <laughs> that sort of thing? It's a good question. Um, it was uh, like a breath of fresh air, um, to be honest with you dealing with British people um, because I've been working in challenging jurisdictions. So it's just a great conversation. Um, breath of fresh air dealing with British business people. <laughs> you knew people. everything that was being done rather than having to guesswork a lot of it. Yeah, man. It was, uh, it was so good um, just having uh, you know, the, uh, the change of scene because you know, doing a lot of business in Spain, uh, you know, Portugal, uh, over in South America, it's got a lot of challenges, you know, even Lithuania in Poland but here in the UK um, you know nice people by the way in the, these other countries but I find in the UK uh, British business people uh, are very unique we're very transparent uh, we do business a lot of the time the old-fashioned way uh, and we're uh, they are easy people to speak to um, but we're just a different culture yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah I guess I guess when you're an outsider as well you've got those barriers and you know, people, um, you've got the communication barriers, but also, you know, people um, are not so maybe open to you and a bit, you know, maybe envious sometimes or a bit like, well, what's this guy coming from outside to buy my bit? You know, you might get a few barriers put up first, like, you know? Yeah, well, you know, it's another good comment, um, but you're, you're going to be surprised to hear that I didn't have so many barriers in the sense of you know, being an outsider. It was the opposite. 
um, you know, they were very welcoming. Uh, in fact, in South America, they put me on a pedestal. This, you know, this guy's coming from London to buy us out. They, they were putting us on these news channels in Brazil um, and, you know, lots of different publications. Okay. So, uh, yeah, they were very open. They wanted to do business because they don't, they don't trust their own people. It's so much corruption. Um, everybody's out to try and get you, but they, because we have this reputation in the UK yeah. um, and, you know, the, the Americans as well, um, they were very open. They were very excited. The barriers were the corruption and the fabricated accounts, uh, many diff different hoops to jump through. Um, so yeah, the people the, 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 the people were not the problem. They, they, they were happy to do business. They were okay. happy to do business and uh, very excited um, to, to see yeah. us. I, I guess uh, that's where brand, uh, brand Britain comes in, if you like, and people do respect yeah. us and trust us around the world, whereas yeah. maybe, maybe other people might find it a bit more bar barriers, but they, they, they see it as, okay, this is, this is going to be reliable and trustworthy and, 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 yeah. and this transaction is going to happen, like, you know, whereas if you come over from, you know, from some South American countries, you know, where people know that they're corrupt and they think, you know, somebody's going to come over and take our assets, strip us and, you know, yeah. lay us bare sort of thing, like, you know. Well, that, that's it. You know, we, uh, we've got a good reputation here in the UK and I'm sure there's many people in these other countries with good reputations, but it just causes that um, it's got the barrier. <clears throat> it's, it's got the barrier. Um, and it's one of, one of the uh, strategies that we've got, say we go to India to do a deal or the Philippines, um, we would set up an entity in a first world country, be it uh, you know, maybe somewhere in Europe, uh, uh, Norway or Netherlands or USA or UK. So we create up an SPV in the UK. And then instead of saying we're an Indian company or a, we're a Filipino company coming to make an acquisition, we're a British company that are coming to consolidate the market in the Philippines or the BPO uh, market in the Philippines or India. So our partners in India would then present themselves or in the Philippines as being a, a British company, even though I'm Filipino, I'm represented by this 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 British entity, which gives you that uh, degree of uh, credibility. Yeah, and be be better for the financial institutions and stuff. When you're doing all these consolidations well, or, or whatever, like you know, you got to. Well, that, that, that's it. That, that's it. You're you're doing business in a. Uh, it's a bit like Apple. Uh, they're not a Chinese company. They're an American company with a manufacturing facility in China. So then we would say, for example, we're a British company with the manufacturing facility in Brazil. And by doing so, we have kudos and we're doing business now in the economy, which is stable with a secure currency and a stable currency. Yeah. And then we've got access to an abundance of financial in instruments and facilities. Yeah. Because we can't approach the banks in the UK by saying, hey, we're a Brazilian company. We're paying a quarter million uh, uh, dollars in, uh, in debt per month that 27% of Safra Bank can be have a loan to pay off this bank, they're going to say no. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, um, and obviously um, you do, you know, obviously buy all, all around the world and I'm guessing uh, I've seen some, some of you, you have mentees and, 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 and partnerships with, with people doing this from all over the world as well. And how, how is that going? Great. Um, you know, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I've got, just looking at my board over there. So uh, this year I've had... Uh, yeah, but over in the USA, we've had New York, Colorado, Texas, Miami, California, UK, uh, Hong Kong, Israel, Lithuania, Ontario, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 
We've had Ireland, a few in the UK now, quite, quite a lot in the UK, Georgia in the USA, Hamburg in Germany, Scotland, LA, again lots in the UK, Slovenia. So, you know, we've, uh, we've been about this year. There's more up there, Canada, Netherlands. I'm trying to read my own writing over there on my, uh, my whiteboard. Um, so, yeah, you know, of course, not everybody's going to be successful and uh, not everybody's going to close a deal. Um, let, let's, uh, I don't like to compare myself to Dan Pena, but, uh, you know, um, because, you know, we're two different people. But Dan Pena, success, he says that with his methodology, QLA, zero, only 0.01% of people are going to be successful um, with his methodology. Um, so, you know, it's a, a, good, a good example of not everybody is going to close a deal because, uh, you know, you need to know sales and marketing yeah. unless you know how to sell because at the end of the day, you're buying a business, but you're selling a solution. Yeah. And, you know, that's where you come in because, you know, the, when you're going out to buy a car, you're buying the, the person. They need to sell themselves to you before you buy the car. So, um, you know, not everybody can sell because it's not something that they teach you in school. No. It's the most important, it's the most important number one thing. So ju I'm just using that. that. That's just one example of many of why not everybody's going to be successful buying a business yeah. because the seller needs to like you. And like, I'm just going to pull, pull out this book yeah, people, people buy people. They want to do business with people, people they people. know, like, and trust. You know, this guy here, Jordan Belfort, you yeah. know, he, he teaches the, the straight line selling um, uh, program and he says um, you need to have 10 the, the, the buyer needs 10 out of 10 or in this case the, uh, the, the seller you know, the person selling the business 10 out of 10 certainty that you are the right person to buy their business especially if they're giving you seller finance if there's no seller finance and it's an LBO like 100% LBO then you don't need to worry about that but a majority of our deals they've got that mechanism They've got the uh, they've got seller finance or a, um, a, a percentage, yeah. Be it ten percent or fifty or seventy percent seller finance. So you know what, what is it? What would I say my success rate is? I would say it's a lot higher than Dan Pena because I'm not so aggressive. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm not teaching people to become billionaires or, or anything like that. I'm I'm just teaching you how to buy a business, um, and that's why I called the program Acquisitions Made Simple. Because yeah. it's just acquisitions simplified. I'm going to show you the simple way to buy a business without complicating anything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, if ever a business in the credit industry comes up for sale, bear me in mind. Let me know. The, the credit? Did you say finance <laughs> industry? The credit industry. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, obviously, I worked in the credit industry for ten years. I was a corporate sales director, and I know that industry really, really well. Um, but I didn't want to go into that industry after leaving it because. Um, I like sales and marketing and business more than I like the credit industry. Like, you know, I didn't yeah. want to go back into the credit industry, but I'd love to buy a business in the credit industry because, um, my, uh, my job was managing a, an affiliate reseller channel, uh, in the credit industry. And so therefore I have a lot of ways of adding value quite quickly to businesses in that sector. I understand yeah. a number of different ways to add value, you know, like building the extension or sticking, you know, sticking the loft conversion in. I, I have um, an extension plan and a loft conversion plan, which I know works. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, if, if I could find the right vehicle, which I could add massive value to, I'd love to buy it, add the value to it and then sell it again. 
It's a good point that you've just made there as well, is adding value to a business. So because you've got that expertise, um, let, let's look at the print company as an example. I can't really add value to the print company because I don't, I'm not, I don't have a technical background in that industry. So uh, one of the things that we said to the seller was um, what we're looking at doing is recruiting a CEO internally within the company or introducing externally a new CEO who can leverage his contacts, who can roll his sleeves up and get dirty in the business to grow the business yeah. because he's going to do a better job than me. I can keep the show running um, and I, I can work on, yes, growing the business, but by installing a CEO or somebody like you uh, that's got industry knowledge, uh, the seller was, he was, I, I put the seller at ease and he was a lot more comfortable. He was very happy to hear that that was what we were planning and doing. Yeah. Uh, it was bringing, uh, bringing a board, you know, creating a board that's got expertise, somebody like yourself that can come in. You know, the other scenario would, would be, uh, you know, Mike Armstrong comes in to buy the business. You've got expertise in that industry. Then we wouldn't have to really build a board or recruit internally because you have that industry expertise, which of course is going to save the business money. So by coming into business with no expertise or industry knowledge, you're going to make the seller nervous. So you need to mitigate that. And that's why you need to be, you know, as an entrepreneur, you need to be, it's our job to see around, around the corner. Um, and, you know, always think of if I say this or do that, what's going to be the repercussions? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which is why I think actually, Ken, you should have in your team, uh, and, and I could do this for you as well, but uh, you should have in your team somebody who is experienced in business, yeah, sales and marketing and stuff, who actually goes in and looks at the business opportunity yeah. from a, a growth potential, not just from a what the um, business has on paper as its yeah. uh, value, if you like, but where, you know, and, and, and actually you should have a team of them probably from different sectors yeah. who can go in and analyze because of their experience in that sector where the, where the space for, for redeveloping is, if you like, and, and what the opportunities are. Because sometimes, for example, you might uh, analyze the value of a business and it may be the value on paper, but just like yeah. the house, you know, it's the value on paper. But sometimes the real value is in the, the land on the side or the opportunity that, that, that is ready to be taken, but nobody's ever yeah. actually pushed the button on it. But that's it, you know, in coming in to buy a business, it's got lots of homes that you can pocket it is a good thing. You know, m most people would view that as a negative thing. You know, this is wrong or that's wrong, but that's not the way to look at it. The way to look at it is, what can I do better or where can I add value? Because there's an opportunity. That every hole in the business is an opportunity to do something different. Yeah. And, and, and also <clears throat> with your print company, for example, you know, you, you've got a load of companies in your portfolio. You've also got a load of mentees with a load of companies in their portfolio. If you actually, I don't know if you've thought about this, but if you implemented a buying group where all of the companies in your connected wider portfolio was to um, was to then buy services that they needed from any service businesses in the portfolio. Yeah, they get a discount, and the service business gets a, a big contract all together as a buying group. And all of a sudden, you know, you just added, you know, twenty percent extra customer base or something to to you know the the, the, the bottom line. It's a f fantastic genius idea, Mike. Genius idea. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't, haven't done that already, have you? So uh, there, there we are. There's, there's a bit of uh, 
Exactly. Uh, yeah, of, uh, it's not something I've done yet, but uh, a genius idea. Yeah, yeah, great. So that's all you got to do is get everyone on, on, on involved. Everyone gets yeah. to save like five, ten percent on on their own individual buying costs. Um, but the company gets to make the same amount of money as it would do paying that five or ten percent dearer. Yeah, they yeah. because obviously they're only dealing with one person, one group. They're saving a lot of time. There's efficiencies in the sale. There's all of that. So everyone's getting the saving, and the company's still not losing anything. And it gets a twenty percent for everybody. Yeah, win-win situation for everybody. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, so that's what you want to do. You want to you want to create um, a, a Mac Mac buying assortium or Mac buying group or something. Charge yeah. all of the companies within it a membership fee, and 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 say that their membership fee will uh, be be more than covered by the amount of saving they get from the fact that the buying yeah. group negotiates a discount on all of the services. Absolutely. No, th th thanks for the uh, uh, th thanks for the suggestion. It's a, a great suggestion, Mike. Yeah, yeah. There we are. So I've got to ask you: How's the um, how how's the that this year been for you? You know, what cha what challenges would you say that you've been up against? Well, um, my, my my challenge has been massive because I pick up most of my business business networking, and obviously those events uh, stopped uh, in, uh, in in April, yeah. and they've switched to online, which is great. But online is basically like uh, like TV advertising, yeah. Whereas real world networking is a bit like um, telesales, yeah. It's cold calling, yeah. You're gonna get much better results off telesales cold calling than you will by sticking a TV advert up, like, you know, depending on what it is that you sell and, and all the rest of it. So, so for me, I sell by providing solutions to people, and I, in order to do that, I need a two way conversation to find out where their problems are, yeah. And obviously, when you go online networking and you just get people pitching at you for two minutes, that doesn't yeah. allow you to do that. Yeah. So, so, so therefore, you know, uh, I need to get back to real world network. I'm a salesman at the end of the day. I need to build relationships, yeah. rapport, and solutions to people. Yeah. So, so what I decided to do is do all of the online network events, but I pivoted my business because I've always wanted to become a global speaker. And I just thought, well, you know, now is not the time for me to bring win other customers and do their marketing. I'm going to make myself the most important customer I've ever had and just do six months of my, or whatever this lockdown finishes. I'm just going to yeah. keep doing, you know, that amount of time on my own marketing. So, you know, I've been full steam ahead you know, everywhere, Good. omnipresent, like uh, the great Grant Cardone teaches people to be, you know, um, I've been omnipresent, growing my podcast, growing my YouTube channel, <laughs> that's it, I, I 10x my uh, episodes on my podcast and my YouTube, and I'm, and I'm networking, I've 10x my networking as well, but not in the aim of getting customers, but in the aim of marketing myself, my most important customer, so I've just been full steam ahead, and like yourself, you know, you covered all over the globe, um, with your mentees, if you like, and people you're networking and connecting with, etc. I've got a map of the globe on my wall, and I've stuck a red pin in it where people have been on from my podcast, or been on, uh, or I've been on networking events with them, or we've done a bit of collaboration with, or whatever. And my my map of the world is filling up lovely with with red, you know, because I'm I'm becoming the most known person that I can be on the planet um, by by just being out there, being omnipresent, being everywhere massive action massive activity and i'm on a mission you know to just keep doing that like you know so so obviously i've got to bring income in as well so i've got to go back to to to, to, to you know networking and, and real world stuff and getting some clients and obviously that those clients then take away the amount of time i can put into marketing myself 
but you know, I, I, I'm on a mission just to whenever I can in whatever spare time I can just to keep marketing myself because you know, at some point I'll hit the tipping point and then everyone will want me on their stages, like you know. Absolutely, you know, good, good comments that you've made as well, just about the personal branding and the uh, omnipresence because you know, you, like I agree with you, your most important customer is, is yourself. And that's what, you know, a lot of people don't understand the importance of uh, investing in their own brand. Um, because, you know, why did Richard Branson, for example, put his face on Virgin? Because he is the brand. Yeah. And people buy people, um, as we said before. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think you've a great, a great strategy, you know, just spending the last six months because uh, you've got all these guys that are just sitting there thinking of receiving these furlough payments. Uh, I pay a lot of them out myself and they, they just sit at home um, and... Um, you know, nothing's happening. Uh, but, you know, guys like you and me are out there and we're, you know, we're going, this is one of the busiest years. I, I can't believe it's the end of this year already. Well, coming up towards the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm counting every day. I don't like to waste time. No. Uh, the weekend is okay, you know, put that aside with the family. But uh, Monday to Friday, at least, uh, from, uh, from the moment I wake up until I go to bed, you want to be utilizing every single minute that we've got because... Uh, We've only got, we've got one life, and it's a very, very short life, and we need to use the energy that we've got now as, uh, as uh, carefully as possible because, uh, you know, money comes and goes. Yeah. Money is abundant. It's all over the place. So uh, pl plenty of money in the world, but time is non-refundable. Right. So, you know, yeah. with, with that in mind, we need to be very, very careful uh, where we uh, day trade our time, attention, and, uh, and, and just think about what we're going to be doing with, with uh, you know, the, the rest of the time that you've got in that day and not uh, allocating your time uh, to, uh, to to somewhere that you're not going to get any re return or any benefit from. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, I just, uh, I have a thing against people wasting time uh, and, uh, you know, I can't, I can't handle it. So, um, you know, no, even no, weekends, I, I work 16 hour days, seven days a week and I've yeah. done for the last six months and I've absolutely loved it. Yeah. Now, when you love what you do, um, you know, it's, it's not work at the end no. of the day. It's, um, you know, it's, it's just you're living, you're, you're just doing your thing. Yeah. So uh, when somebody asks me, what is it that you do? You know, it's, a, it's always a difficult question for me to answer. I'm just doing my thing. Yeah. 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 I'm just living life, loving life, living just life, living. loving life and uh, making sure yeah. I, I squeeze every drop out of life. That's it. You know, that, that, that's the, um, you know, that, that, that to me is living. Yeah. Yes, probably that's living, exactly where you want to be. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, in, in my experience of businesses, um, especially in sales and marketing, which is obviously my sector, like like the 10x rule, you know, 10 times thinking. Um, yeah. It applies so much because most people are only doing 10% of what they need to do, you know, and actually to get to where, where their ambition wants them to get to. You know, yeah. some people don't have any ambition and, and that's fine. They're just, you know, in a job and you're working for themselves and, and that's fine. Yeah. You know, you know, because because you can either be in a job or you can be working for yourself in a job, but you're still in a job, really. You know, you're just over yeah. broke. You'll always maintain that place and you've no ambition and you just want to be comfortable and stay in the comfort zone. But then there's a lot of people out there who, who want success in life, whatever that looks yeah. like to them. Um, but they are under operating they're underperforming they they, they they think that they can just 
do what they want to do at small yeah. levels and get to wherever they, they dream to be. But actually, you can only get to the levels that, you know, real ambitious people really want to get to, which is, you know, the top 10 percenters, the top 1 percenters, you know, that type of space, the people who are making an impact on the planet and making the money. Yeah. And the only way you can get to those sort of levels, you know, so the, the outside view of success in, in your business yeah. or in your industry or in your sector is by doing and operating at the levels probably around 10 times more than you're currently operating. So that's a message I'm always trying to to speak to, to most people at is that, you know, whatever they're doing, you know, pick up the, the pace, pick up the level, start doing 10 times more activity and action because that's the only way you can become a key person of influence, a key business in your sector, you know, somebody who's on the path to success. Yeah, and not only that, I would say, um, you know, there's a lot of people, like you say, with ambition that just don't know how to get to their end goal some of them don't know what the end goal is but with a consultant you know a consultant a mentor a coach that can uh, that, that can help they're going to be your gps device a guide they're, yeah. they're, they're going to be your guide your shaman to show you how to get there now i i always say that uh, in the acquisition space it's about like crossing the darien gap from the south of panama to the north of colombia it's a, a small jungle. Well, when I say small, it's, uh, it looks small on the map. But yeah. uh, you, you can get there, you know, and you're going to get stung along the way, and it's going to take you a bit of time. But if you've got a, a coach, a, a, a consultant, a mentor, um, that's going to uh, take you by the hand, or a shaman that's going to take you by the hand, you're going to get there uh, and have a lot more success along the way getting there without getting stung so many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially you're going to get there a lot quicker. Yeah, especially if they've got an armoured vehicle and a, and, a, and a trained military convoy. You know, you've got much more chance exactly. of getting from the gap. And I never understood, um, you know, why people underestimate and they don't understand the, the importance of investing in yourself. And even not just, when I say investing in yourself is not just, just your personal brand, you know, it's getting a mentor or it's paying for a, uh, a consultant that can uh, develop a sales and marketing plan for your company because at the end of the day, Unless you're, uh, you're going to invest 25 to 30 percent of your income back into your sales and marketing of your company, whether it's a product or service, you ain't going to be successful. You know, if you're, you know, some people are just happy making 50k, 100k a year, and that's fine if they want to do that. But uh, if you want to look at the bigger picture, I was saying this to my wife yesterday as well. I said we're really poor. You know, I'm, I'm looking at houses in Geneva, Zurich. I said it's one million to seven million to buy a flat in Switzerland. I said, this is terrible. Like for us, I said, this is the level that we should be at where we're not looking upon this as being an expense, expensive. This is a flat. So, you know, we're here in the UK, this is like a poor country compared to these guys. And why can't we be like them? So, you know, everybody's got different, um, the, the yeah, different, like Monaco, uh, you you pay you pay multiple millions for a tiny apartment in Monaco, don't you? Exactly, no exactly. So we need to look at the bigger picture. Look at the other countries. What are they paying? Why are we not at that level? What 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 steps do we need to take to get to that level? Yeah. But the thing yeah. is, you know, when you, um, I've I've been around a lot of stimulation, a lot of very wealthy people. I'm friends with a lot of very wealthy people. I know some billionaires, many millionaires, and it makes me hungry. So when I see what they've got, or I'm uh, spending a weekend on their yacht that they paid $50 million for, it just makes me so hungry. 
you know, the, the guys at the La Ferrari sitting outside his yacht and thinking, wow, man, that's amazing. You know, like, this, this is stimulation. And because I've been around so much stimulation, um, it's like you, it, I'm on a mission. And I'm looking at ways that I can get to that goal quicker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What are the shortcuts? What are the ways? Yeah, a lot of the guys that don't else? have these aspirations or these goals in life, they haven't been stimulated. They haven't been around anything like that. I've been around. I've been in the factories. I've been buying the companies. It's like a jug. You touch it, smell it, feel it. Once you touch it, smell it, feel it. You want more. Yeah, and that's like when I worked in a company, but I worked at a high level and brought in a lot of revenue. I got fed up and making yeah. millions for millionaires. Yeah, that, that that's it. You know, if, if, if you work, and it's a bit like the boss saying, if you work harder for me, you're going to pay for my next Ferrari, or you're going to pay for my next Lamborghini. Keep up, keep keep on doing a great job, Mike. Keep on working hard, so I can buy myself a new car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you want to be that guy. Yeah, exactly. You want to be the one taking the the pie and handing out little segments to other people, rather than, you know. Rather than uh, the, the one with a little bit of crusty leftover pie. <laughs> exactly. You need to reverse engineer the process. So instead of selling your time, you need to buy time. So by buying time, if it's a services-based business, you've got to pay people. So you've got to buy their time and then leverage it and then resell their time for a higher price. Yeah. So yeah. you need to reverse engineer the process. Yeah, and that's where acquisitions comes in as well because it's a fast track. It's like a, it's a quantum leap. Because you're you're getting you're not having to be around the the new start uh, uh, new start of a company the blood sweat the tears building the infrastructure the structures um, most businesses fail nine out of ten in the first ten years so you're buying into a profitable and established business that's got all these processes procedures personnel um, the structure the credibility the banking relationships the financial relationships you're you're uh, you're jumping right in there. Everything's in place. It's, yeah, it's, like, uh, it's like playing a, a game where you've got to try and get up a few levels and you, you're like Mario or something, you go <laughs> down the drain, drain yeah. and you end up 10 levels further up. This is it. That, that's a great way to illustrate it. Exactly yeah. that. Exactly uh, that. You, you should get, I can, see, I can see some marketing, yeah, with Ken Mack dressed as Mario with a plumber's hat on, going down the drain. <laughs> Yeah, with the Ken Mac, uh, with the Ken Mac coaching on 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 the pipe, and then up, up cool. he pops a little uh, a little uh, animated video. Up he pops ten levels further up, you know, taking on the big bosses. That, do you know what? That'd be an amazing marketing video. Another genius idea, Mike. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm full of them. Like you know, what I mean, I'm a very, I'm, I'm a very creative thinker. So that, it only takes so me cool. a, it only takes me a few opportunities to have chats with people, and my brain just starts coming up with stuff like you know. That's amazing. You see, this is what happens when two entrepreneurs have a conversation together. Yeah, you yeah, can't have these kind of conversations with normal people. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's a very unique thing. That's why I love getting people on my podcast and on my YouTube channel yeah. and having these chats. I've had some amazing people on, especially the last few weeks, like, you know, as I've been more and more globally networking and, 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 and finding those people, you know, those rare people that you don't really have these chats with very yeah. often. The more you can find those people and and pull them out and, and dust them off and say, listen, let's have a chat about um, collaboration, you know, um, uh, giving back, uh, education, yeah. all of those sort of fantastic things. Like, you know, you have some fantastic conversations. You want to check some of those out? 
especially on my YouTube channel, there is some really good, uh, highly motivated, highly enthusiastic and energetic people. And I, I'm a mirror. I've been in sales all my life. The more I, I, I get with somebody and create that energy, the more interesting it gets, like, you know? Yeah, that's cool, man. I'm going to get my followers to uh, to uh, subscribe to your YouTube channel because it's uh, the, the the more that we surround ourselves with, uh, you know, great videos and interviews like you're doing, the more stimulation. You know, it's it's all about been around the, the the right people to stimulate your environment, stimulate your your thoughts. Um, it's, it's keeping the vibrations uh, and the energy going, isn't it? And, 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 and you know, learning. You know, like I say, motivation, stimulation, education, all yeah. the Asians. <laughs> creation that that's all the Asians <laughs> <laughs> that's it yeah so uh yeah it's been great getting you on again Ken I always love uh chatting with fellow entrepreneurs and and and, and fast growth you know global dominating type characters and so keep up the great work um let people know how to get in touch with you if they want to sign up for your uh courses yeah, you know, thanks for having me on, Mike. Um, it's always a, a pleasure to uh, to have a, a chat with you. And uh, if, if anybody wants to uh, to drop me a follow on Instagram, uh, you can get me at Ken Mac Official. Um, if you want to find out more about my mentorship programs, you can get me on KenMac.com/slash/mentorship. And on the uh, uh, website, you'll find my new online course, um, Private Mentorship and the Business Buyers Bootcamp as well we've got a free group you know for those that don't have uh, you know the money just now um to invest in yourself we've got a free group called the business buyers tribe on facebook and uh, they're constantly posting out um um you know uh, things of value to help uh, you know uh, growth and potential and just building that network and relationships uh, with, with new people so it's a great place to be um if you uh, are not at the stage just now to, uh, to financially invest in yourself because uh, you know there's a, there's a lot happening in the group, and uh, you know a lot of uh, good relationships to be made. So uh, I would like to see you there. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Fan- fantastic. I I I highly recommend uh, j- jumping in. I've been on a, a few of Ken's uh, courses just to keep get have a little eye on what you're doing, and like you say, always willing to learn some stuff as well. And at some point, I may well. Uh, get on board in a bit more of a serious way but that's when I've already accomplished my main 100% goal which I'm so busy focused on at the moment I don't have time to focus on but I'm definitely keen at some point getting involved yeah and um, and also um, there was something else from the property model as well for people who haven't got money uh, in the property world uh, the way of getting into property is to find deals and sell them to the people who are ready to do those deals have you implemented that structure yet in in your business or, or not um i haven't um i haven't but i've got other strategies which are more effective um for me personally i'm not looking for the one-off money i'm looking for the um residual income so uh, i i think that uh, Rent to uh, rent to buy is a great model. Uh, I've done that in the past. Where I bought, for example, a guest house, and um, within you structure it into a company. Just in a nutshell, get it into a company, rent to buy contract, option to buy the property, um, and you're guaranteeing the rent to the landlord. And I'm not a property expert, but uh, I've done property for a long time, so you know I, I would say I pretty much know inside out. Um, the company's going to take in the money. You can prove the the income to the bank. And then it's going to make it a lot easier to get the mortgage on the property and you should expect to buy it within uh, 12 to 24 months of trading. So that's another way of, you know, acquiring, uh, you know, 
not just a property, but a business without paying any money down yourself. Uh, and if you're not at the stage to be able to get a mortgage, so you can essentially rent the property from the landlord with an option to buy, uh, run it through a company so that you're building up the credibility of the bank and then raising a mortgage on it. Uh, and then using the money that you've generated within that time frame to pay down the deposit. So uh, I've just thrown some ideas in there for you, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's great. That's great. And obviously, like I say, for the, for the people listening, join the uh, the buyers uh, tribe group on Facebook, or just search Ken Mac, join his groups, and uh, there'll be lots of other great ideas. I got one. You actually just jogged one for me, actually, Ken. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch you a, a deal. Uh, I'm not gonna do it on air though because. Uh, yeah. It's a bit, um, you know, I haven't been given the permission to pitch this deal, but it's a deal that I was working on. But I think um, actually we could work on it together and it could be um, uh, a great opportunity for me to get into the acquisitions game. So it's a, it's a great potential. It's one of those doer-uppers, if you like, you know, business doer-upper. So I'm going to talk to you about it because they won't Excellent. know I'm doing it off air. I'm going to, uh, just for five minutes now. But thanks very much for listening, everyone. Have a great day. I know I will. And uh, yeah, I'm going to leave it there. And uh, me and you can have a chat now, Ken. Fantastic. Right, nothing else left to say other than have a great day. I know I will. And thanks very much for listening. Cheers. Bye-bye.